Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about the classics. My name is Chase, and I will be your in mostly quiet producer. After moving and a week of technical difficulties, uh, we are back with our final episode of our Shakespeare Villain Brackets. If you like what you hear, come and hang out with us at our network's Patreon Discord. You can gain access to it through our Patreon at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. You can also find our website with a link to the merch store at shakespearepod.com. And now, on with the show. That is such a strong beer-smelling beer. <laughs> are you drinking tonight? Like that is the most beer-smelling beer you've had in what a while. Drinking? So, what are you drinking? What do you got? So I am drinking. So um, as I mentioned before we started recording, uh, Cassie and I went down to visit my uh, my dad and his wife and that side of the family uh, down in the Akron area. And for lunch on Saturday, we went up to Cleveland and went to the uh, Great Lakes Brewery. Mm, mm-hmm. I thought I saw a picture uh, of it that you posted. Yep. Uh, so as it turns out, a friend that I made over Twitter over the pandemic works in the gift shop there. And as a housewarming gift, he got Cassie and I two of these fantastic dimpled nice. Great Lakes uh, Brewery beer steins. That'll be great for your iced tea, Cassie. Choice. And uh, Choice. two bottles of uh, Great Great Lakes Brewing Oktoberfest. Oh, Nice. It so. smells so much like beer. Uh, so, Dan, in the off chance you're listening, thanks. Well, yeah, I mean, that is the Oktoberfest is a pretty malty beer style, and it, uh, as a lager, is definitely going to have a very beer smelling taste, you know, flavor. Yeah. It is. And yeah, it is a sure very beer tasting beer, too. Well, I'm, which is what I was in the mood for. I'm tonight. glad that you are drinking because mm-hmm. I am not. What? I know. I know. What, well, what? I I am drinking Diet Pepsi. Uh, it's a crisp. Um, it's a crisp brew from probably the Dayton areas. That's the closest Pepsi uh, brewery mm-hmm. to us. Uh, so sticking with my Ohio breweries theme of of yeah. late. Um, but I stood in front of the fridge, and I was about to grab out one of my summer teeth. And I just went, I don't want to drink the beer. Uh, so I didn't. There you go. Good on you. That's that's yeah. where we're at today. So no peer pressure. Plus, I hey. have to work with the nuns at, uh, at the ass crack. I was going to say, you got to go nun wrangle. Go I, don't, I don't, like, our college days are past us. The, <laughs> the pressuring people to have an artificial good time by drinking with you. It was, So like, I saw Sarah Maxwell, who was one of our old... College mm-hmm. friends, and probably one of the people who got shit sweeped the most because yes. she she wouldn't give in to peer pressure, and I think that's wonderful. And so I'm channeling mm-hmm. some Sarah Maxwell today. I'm like, yeah, I just, no, I yeah, just the thought our, of drinking a beer made me want to punch uh, Ryan straight in the face. So a lot of things <laughs> make you want to do that. I know, but that's a low bar to jump. Yeah, back. that's that's not even. That's true. Trying there. That's true. Um, I'm having a uh, a Guinness Baltimore Blonde brewed at the uh, their Open Gate Brewery in Baltimore. So it's a U.S. Guinness beer. I like the Maryland flag on that. Uh, yeah, and actually the the label's pretty yeah. tight. Yeah, I love so state flags are dime a dozen. Most of them look dumb. Yay, Ohio's got a weird pennant that's got a cutout in it. Mm-hmm. But Maryland's flag looks like a nice crest of arms. It looks well, yeah, how Maryland, a flag Maryland, should look. 
Maryland actually has a a coat of arms. You know, they have the the you know the quartered. It's a crab. Well, they but they have the the quartered. You know, pieces of it. We you know, with the background, the cross in in white and red quartered, and the you know the I black like and it. yellow. I like that one. Um, no, it looks cool. You know who else had a coat of arms? Lots of Shakespeare characters. Some of, some of these we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, I think there's still some Henrys on the list. So let's see if we can kill them off. So yeah, welcome to <laughs> Shakespeare. Sorry about uh, if you expected a recording last time. Um, we fucked up. Mostly Beth and I fucked up. That, that tech fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Look, it was a technical dis- uh we warned everybody that. on the previous recording that we were greenless and really flopping around like a fish out of water. <laughs> you were off the green leash yes, as one that of us. Oh, that was right. I did appreciate right. that one. No! I did, in fact, say that no. we were off the green leash. And Chase loves it. I, I did love that. So I, I was, I was so very much. proud of myself. We were able to produce one episode okay. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, second before, episode, was, yeah. however, we managed to completely unsync. Yeah, it got unmoored. Thank you. It just drifted off to sea. There are Shakespeare plot pirates after it right now. It's scared. <laughs> it's in trouble. Um, it's dark and there are wolves after it. I, I'm pretty it sure. It's being pursued by a bear and the ending is ambiguous. It's true. It's very- uh, th- I'm sure that there will be a comedy of errors where the two audios come back together at some point in time. Um but until then, it was borked. It was borked. Bork, bork, bork. Bork. <laughs> but we are all back together now. Yep. Uh, yeah, we, we got the band back together. Um, you guys are homeowners now, which is cool. We are. That's new. Yeah, that's a new thing. We talked about it a little bit. But yeah, it's cool that mm-hmm. you guys uh, bought a house. I'm we got to find time you. to get down there so that we can put our cooties all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're thinking of doing a thing at some point in the future when we have a weekend where everything isn't on fire. But everything's yeah, been on have, fire you forever. Have, you guys have had a lot of shit going on lately, so it's like specifically on weekends too, which makes it worse. You know, it, it's this adulting thing. Why does everybody stack it on the weekends? And then I'm all I really capitalism. want is to lay on my couch capitalism. for an entire weekend. Yeah, capitalism. Fuck capitalism. Capitalism is the answer. Capitalism. Yeah, it's like yesterday, <clears throat> Hannah and I's date day largely consisted of the two of us sitting in the office here playing Stardew. That sounds choice. That sounds that was, that was good. like most of our day. And then we went to a bookstore, got some hot dogs and some ice cream, and came back and played more Stardew. You participated in day. a small amount of capitalism. A little bit. Along little bit. with your simulated socialism. <laughs> So like three minutes ago, um, you tried I for tried a segue to start the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Desperately. Uh, we almost we almost followed right along, but then we <laughs> so that that things. segue got knocked out in the first round. Let's talk about who's still in for this round. Yeah, we are. Right. So let's let's rewind just a minute. We are doing. We are finishing the, the Shakespeare villains brackets. That that's right. Also, who are we? Oh yes, who are we? This is the <laughs> Shakespeare podcast. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenlee. And I'm Chase Greenlee. We're back on the green. And we are here. We're back on the green leash. Back on the green leash for the Shakespeare villains bracket, the Sweet 16. 
Great. Bum, bum, bum. All right. So do we want to give a rundown? So if you missed us the first few episodes around, uh, go back, listen, argue with our choices. Easy to do. But this is where we stand. We argued with our choices. Just scream you? scream at the radio or iPhone or however you scream, listen. Scream at or the invisible people in your head. G- give us $2 a month and join the Patreon and actually scream at That's us. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You can join our Patreon um, for Ghostlight Media and literally come yell at us on Discord if you want. All right. So here is who we have matched up who will be running through in this episode. We have Bertram from All's Well That Ends Well, and he will be facing off against overly complicated tests of love and loyalty from Cymbeline. We have Youthful Folly and Temptation from Henry IV Part Two, which will face off against Richard III from Richard III. <laughs> I think. It might be from Henry VI Part Three. I didn't clarify. No, uh, it's, it's, it's Ricky Three from Ricky, Ricky III. III. Yeah. Uh, then we have Cardinal Wolsey from Henry VIII. And the lack of Robin Hood and King John will face off. I still am worried that that's going to win the whole thing because every story that doesn't have Robin Hood in it, I mean, come on. Well, I think we specified in our last bracket episode that it has to be specifically tied to the play that it's coming from. It can't just be as a concept. In yeah, the- we yeah otherwise cha- we youth and folly. That. Yeah. Otherwise, patriarchy and anti-Semitism are going to take it all. Yeah, okay. we, had, we had to specifically tie it because otherwise, like... The presumption of men. I mean, <laughs> yes. fuck the presumption of men. Exactly. And so then won. we have what I think could be one of the most interesting discussions. We've got Lady Macbeth going up against Iago. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. And then in our bottom bracket, we have the patriarchy, specifically as represented in A Midsummer Night's Dream, versus Prospero. Which is patriarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we have the feud between the Montagues and the Capulets against Aaron the Moor from Titus Andronicus. <clears throat> Creepy Uncle from Troilus and Cressida <laughs> versus the presumption of men in Two Noble Kinsmen. <laughs> and Tamara from Titus Andronicus versus anti-Semitism in The Merchant of Venice. All right. So, so Creepy Uncle's and- making a bigger run than I ever expected, and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Just, but let's let's go back up to the top, and we're going to take Bertram from All's Well That Ends Well versus overly complicated tests of love and loyalty from Cymbeline. So my first thought, of course, is that those overly complicated tests are way more obnoxious to me, an audience member, than Bertram, who is just a jackass and uh, a presumptive dickwit. That's fair. That is true. So, well, and like is Bertram true. has come up against some lightweights. Mm-hmm. It's true. He's he's come forward. Octavius, Antiphilus of Syracuse. He's in a weak bracket. He's in a weak bracket. I'll give you that. But do does anybody actually think Bertram should move forward instead of those overly complicated tests? Well, the overly complicated tests of love and loyalty are literally the entirety of the bad in of the bad in, in Cymbeline. You know, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they're what's responsible for every bad thing that happens in that play, where I feel like Bertram is kind of just a villain by default. Yeah, he's not necessarily responsible for everything in All's Well. Well, and he's not... No, it's not he's that just he's, kind of an asshole. Yeah, he's not villainous. He's just a dickhead. He's just a dick. He's just a dick. He, If he were up against the presumption of men, I don't even know who would win. He is the presumption of men. He is the presumption of it's men. It's pretty presumptuous of us to let him continue on, so maybe we should move tests to the next round. I agree. Yep. All right. Tests, overly complicated tests of love and loyalty will advance. So next we have youthful folly and temptation, as represented in Henry IV Part Two, versus Richard III. All right. From Richard III. So here's a, this is a good one, I think. Because the folly, youthful folly in Richard and Henry doesn't destroy a dynasty. But Richard III does. Does destroy yes, a dynasty. As, yes, he does. So specifically um, his own dynasty and the dynasty of... He destroys two dynasties. Two dynasties. So the dynasty that youthful folly could not destroy is the dynasty that Richard III did destroy. It's yeah, exactly. It's very true. So, te- like, it's kind of the same story. It's all part of the same uh, terrifying, awful Henry saga. So many, Henry's. so many Henrys. God. There could have been more. There, yeah, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> there doesn't need to be. Was there a Henry the Ninth? A lot more parts. Is on there a Henry the Tenth? I don't think so. Actually, I think it stopped at Henry the Eighth. There have not been any King Henrys since. Henry. So no. Yeah, but no, we don't can't. have a Henry the First. Yeah, because there's more parts though. We don't have a Henry the Seventh. Chase. Yep. We don't have a Henry the Second, do we? No. Huh? Well, we have King John. Yeah, yeah which is but... kind of Henry the Second. Uh, who was Eleanor of Aquitaine married to? Henry the Second. Yeah. Second. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, other other playwrights did the other Henrys. We don't need to. <laughs> if anybody tries to make me do- go through Christopher Marlowe's Henrys, I'll be here. And I will say the same thing every time. That's too many Henrys. It's too many. <laughs> okay. So. so no, I, I think Ricky three. I mean, he threw a head on the table. He threw it's through. True. Youthful <laughs> folly and temptation could never. I mean, it could. It's just gonna throw it because you drove a motorcycle into like a brick wall. <laughs> like this, it would be grosser. But I, I just think on the fact, on the sheer fact that youthful folly could not destroy Henry V's dynasty, but Richard III body counts a lot. Body. That was it's that was my true. argument all last time, wasn't it? Yes, it was. The body it was. count alone. Sheer body count. All right. Sheer body Richard count. Richard III. Moving on. All right. All right. So next we have Cardinal Wolsey from Henry VIII up against the lack of Robin Hood in King John. <laughs> specifically. Well, on body count alone, <laughs> the lack of Robin Hood is more villainous. More people died because there wasn't Robin Hood in King John than Wolsey killed. Who did Wolsey kill? Anne Boleyn. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> se- several people. So they're, one, they're one for one, really. Not not really uh, directly. I would say his daughters. 
Uh, but that that's because he's the kingmaker and he destroy their lives. <clears throat> so. <laughs> eventually Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Eventually Anne Boleyn. Uh, that's the name of my new band. Eventually Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Woosley did it better. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just a cover of Nobody Does It Better, but it's just Woolsey did it better. <laughs> okay, so which way are we actually going here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So the lack of Robin Hood is what really destroyed King John for readability. Mm-hmm. It So it's just... But didn't destroy it plot-wise. It's not that... Bad of a play. It just doesn't have Robin Hood in it, and you know it should. Right. Well, yeah, but we can entire... also say the exact same thing about the Magna Carta. That's true. That's true. Chase did bring up that point last time. Lack of Magna Carta, also bad in King John. Like, also bad in King John. The two, the two things that the time of King John are historically known for are missing from the play... About King John. And look, a couple other, a couple hundred years of hindsight, like that's 2020 times several hundred years. So I'm not going to do that math. Well, 2020 was last year. I I don't choose to acknowledge it when I can avoid it. (laughs) Are we still in 2020? 2021 has just happened within it. Yeah, 2021 is just 2020 plus one. Yeah, it's just that that is generally speaking how time works. Yeah. Yes. And that, 2022 2022 furious. Can you delete that? Anyway. I'm really sad that that phrase exists. <laughs> in the just the general, you know what? Leave it in. Let them hear it. Let them hear mm-hmm. it. Don't make it. So I think I think the argument for this bracket has to be the presence of someone Acting villainously versus is beating the out, absence of beating something. out the absence of something. And look, I'm good with Woolsey. Woolsey, Woolsey, you know, he was a real dickhead. Um, Woolsey is an active participant. He's an active, yes, active. That does at the end of the day, at some point, that has to make somebody worse than the absence. He also, whoever wins this, is going down in the next it's round. True. That's yeah. very up true. Up against either Lady M or Iago. There is no way. He, so Wolsey I've already got or... my argument against Woosley for the next round because he's. All right, well then, he, we'll, yeah, we'll advance it. We'll let, so we'll let that... Woolsey go on so Beth can tell us why he won't any further. Oh shit! All right. Well, you know what? I'm not drinking beer, so I have a chance for remembering. What I was thinking about. Oh, excellent. Write it down. Write it down. I know. Get a post-it. I've got a post-it. So this is Chris's workstation, like, when he works from Mm -hmm. home. So it's covered in, like, there's... He's got three different sizes of post-its. Excellent. We're we're set. We're set. Man after my own heart. Nice. They're all... They're lined, too. I didn't even know they had lined post-its. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lined post-its are amazing. Lined ones. So. All right. Now we have... Lady Macbeth versus Iago. Uh, so, mm, I... That's a really hard one. Because I do think Lady Macbeth could outthink Iago if put into the same place. But... I agree. Iago is more dedicated to villainy. 
Iago? Like, yeah, yes. Lady M yes. likes the concept of villainy, but she kind of falls apart when actually confronted with the reality of being villainous. Well, and she doesn't, she does not, she doesn't get her hands dirty. She makes. She very explicitly gets her hands quite dirty. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean. Out, out. And all. She, she doesn't kill the king. She makes Mackers kill the king. She, she does stage the murder scene. She does stage the murder scene, but she doesn't do the killing. So. But sometimes that's even uh, I mean, more insidious to be the one who just. So she's colder. Oh, definitely. More logical and rational than Iago. Now, so Iago, I think that she Iago, could outthink Iago if they had to, like, fight against each other, which is what we're surmising right now. Yeah, Iago doesn't... He also doesn't get his hands dirty. He manipulates... Iago doesn't have a conscience, I think, is is the end. He manipulates people into the ends that he is after, and he doesn't feel remorse. Right. Mm-hmm. No, but he does feel she, passion. Like he, oh, he, yeah, anger. He'll get in he's his got feels. anger. And oh yeah, that he will definitely gets in him. his. He definitely gets in his feels, but he doesn't feel remorse after the fact. Yeah. So it's it's tough because I want both of these to go on. I am sad that this is not coming think, to a head at the end. I think um, Lady Macbeth would kill Iago and then feel terrible about it. I think Iago would try to kill Lady Macbeth, fail at it, and then get really mad about it. Well, they would both get someone else to kill the other one for them. Yes. Um, But we also have to look at their role within their respective shows. And I think if we are looking strictly at that... Iago is the of his... Because he carries that role through to the end, whereas Lady M regrets her part in what happened before and the end of the play so yeah she she's on that weird path towards maybe being a redeemed villain except that she dies before she gets there iago's never on that path no no he no no he's never yeah. no he he en- and he enjoys every second of it well that's, I think and that's, Lady M, that's why i call aaron a proto iago because they are very mm-hmm. similar iago is just more polished does anybody else yeah. only picture josh hartnell in their head when they're thinking of iago or is everybody kenneth breno um for me iago is the guy who we saw in oregon in oregon yeah because yeah. he looked like an asshole too Maybe that's why it's always Josh Hartnell in my head. <laughs> kind of looks like an asshole. All right, so All right, I hear Iago. Iago's going forward. Sorry, Woosley. Yep. All right, so moving down to our the bottom half of our bracket, we have the patriarchy from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Up against Prospero from the Tempest. Look, the patriarchy, the bad dad double feature. The patriarchy can't beat the patriarchy of Prospero. <laughs> like, like Prospero represents the patriarchy. Um, so it's is the patriarchy in Midsummer worse than the patriarchy in the Tempest? All right. So I here is the argument I was saving 
for up above, but it fits with this one too. There's active villainy and passive villainy. Mm-hmm. So the patriarchy in Midsummer Night's Dream, it's a passive villainy. It's it's inherent. It's part of the world. It's it systemic. Is, it's systemic. So it is in enacted upon you through no action of its own. Prospero is very active. He makes in his choices. Villainy. Several of them. And in his inaction, he is also villainous. Because that inaction is that kind of innate patriarchy, like where he just allows Miranda to be a dumb pawn thrown about. Yeah, I for me it's Prospero. He is active <laughs> he is the active representation of you know, the villainy. So yeah, for me it's Prospero. Prospero is much more active. What do you think, Cassie? I think like I don't know. You're making good points, and what you're saying is fair. However, Prospero's villainy is is very limited in scope. He's got this island full of people, and that's really it. Whereas this concept of the patriarchy in Midsummer Night's Dream is gonna fuck up a whole bunch of people's lives. If it's allowed to continue. So it's much more far-reaching. It's true. It is what allows a father to drag his daughter before a duke and say, she won't marry who I tell her to kill her. And for the dukes, the duke to then not say, hey, that's a horrible parenting choice and I will not be a part of it. He goes, yeah, those are your two choices. I'll be generous and give you a third. You can become a nun and a shoe forever, the company of men. Right. True. True. So, um, but mm. if you look at you know percentage wise, um, what one hundred one hundred percent of the women in the Tempest are affected by Prospero's villainy and patriarchy. And trust me, a hundred percent of the women that are in Midsummer Night are also body percentage <laughs> alone. There are more women affected by the patriarchy in midsummer than there are the- no i you know, it, it's a very valid argument i you know i still i still go with prospero due to active you know individual making that choice but like i you're not wrong by saying that the patriarchy of midsummer is worse it's choice time right. decision time chase it's, it's choice up to you time it's decision <sighs> I I got to go with Prospero because at the end of the day, what it comes down to for me is what plays the bigger role in the play itself. And Prospero's villainy is all consuming in The Tempest. The patriarchy in Midsummer is awful and it's awful because it's probably the more re- it is actually no not probably it is definitely the more realistic of the two. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But at the end that is only a very small portion of the plot it seems like by the end. It is a third of the plot and while they do all kind of come together at the end there um I I think that Prospero his all his total consumption of that story is a much bigger force to be reckoned with. 
I feel That's really fine. bad for our non-corporeal uh, villains <laughs> at this point. They are taking a hit. I'm worried about the feud. I'm worried about the presumption of man. And I'm worried about anti-Semitism. I, I, yeah, so, so the next one up, because Cassie's, okay. The next one, we have the feud from Romeo and Juliet against Aaron the Moor from Titus Andronicus. Sheer body count Sheer alone. body count. Dedicated villain. Aaron the Moor is a dedicated villain. Right. He yes, is, but yes. let me let me make this argument. In his dedication, his villainy is sensible in a way. Everybody he goes after, he has a reason for going after them. Everything he's doing is done out of retribution. The feud has existed for so long that it has become senseless. It is generational. So you have not only the six people from the play who are killed by it, but you have countless people from previous generations who have been killed by it, and there's no reason for it. People are dying and not with a purpose behind it. I watched the gnome version of Romeo and Juliet. You mean Romeo and Juliet. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm going to wait to see where you're going with this before I call you out on undermining my beautiful point with Romeo and Juliet. Did you forget what the fucking point of this podcast was (laughs) when those when those beautiful statues break it's forever Mm -hmm. and it's a senseless feud they're all cast from the same clay they're just painted different and when they destroy the wisteria plant that's been generational oh my heart it breaks (laughs) Come on, that movie slaps. Bold of you to assume that what that we have watched that. We don't have children. There's no reason for us to Best watch that. I would have watched that children. before I had kids. I don't know if I did or not, but they couldn't have voiced their opinion when I put it on. The fact Hey, hey Beth. The fact that hey, Elton Beth. John's music is used for every moment of that alone should make you watch it. Hey hey Beth. Patreon episode. You, me, Nomeo, and Juliet. Can we follow it up with uh, Sherlock Gnomes? Sherlock Gnomes! <laughs> I own them both. On DVD. <laughs> this One's is a on fact it. that I'll I just be happy not... to have a, have a couple of Patreon episodes <laughs> knowing what we're going to do for them I'm, in the line. Is, not... uh, Pride and Prejudice and Dragons. No, Like, look, it's on the docket. I haven't started yeah, I the second book yet. No. Uh, I, I haven't. I haven't. I've been busy. I had a show. I'm taking a breather. I like my palate cleanser is the novella uh, Binti, which I, is such a stark departure from uh, like one is space epic novella, Dragon, Pride and Prejudice. Every time I've told somebody that I was reading Pride and Prejudice and Dragons, they're like, what is wrong with you? That was also my reaction. What's wrong with you? Cassie told me about it. I downloaded it that same day and was halfway done the next. Speaking, speaking of you girls doing it, some something ostentatious related. Um, for for tales of the beard side of thing, Chase, I I found um, the Cthulhu case files, uh, Sherlock Holmes and Miskatonic University. Ooh, there, 
there are... up at the book loft, so it's a Sherlock Holmes Cthulhu story. No, no. Read it. If it's any good, we'll put it on the list. I will. I will. Uh, as soon as I read it, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Right. Back to the feud versus Aaron. I gotta stand by the feud. I'm standing by the feud. If I, nothing I else, also, my impassioned Romeo and Juliet with... I can't... Um, whether his... Whether he has a purpose with his villainy, he is outright purposely a villain. The feud itself is not a villain. And that makes it worse of a villain. Again, because... I, I disagree. I'm not going to roll over on the feud. Sorry. Well, luckily there's four of us and we don't need motive, you to roll so. over. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going with the feud on Nobody this one. has made a good argument. <laughs> I made an excellent. I, I followed it up with a dumbass argument. Like I we've got this the on every level. Was good, was good enough to beat out for Aaron. Well, I'm just you can you, pret- you can pretend that Aaron's going on, but the feuds. No, I'm, I'm just. There. I'm letting you know under duress and disagreement. Mm-hmm. Your if you your duress is noted. If you agree with Ryan, get at us in the Discord. Absolutely. Okay, and moving on to creepy uncle. From Troilus and Cressida versus the presumption of men. Look, I can't believe he is still going. I can't either. I mean, this is just the this is presumption of men versus the presumption of a man. Yeah, and I think it almost goes back to with Prospero and patriarchy. Like it just, I think the personification beats out whatever else. You want creepy uncle to advance into <laughs> no, the final I don't. eight? I really, Beth. I really don't. I just, we, think it's I funny. don't want him to. But <laughs> he's going. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> he can't stop him. He's taking on a life of his own. He's out there. He's incredibly to get, presumptuous. He's out there being presumptuous, trying to wash people fuck. <laughs> Okay, let's roll this back to the presumption of men <laughs> as it is in Two Noble Kinsmen. It is... Because what we're really talking about here is that end scene where the Duke's just like, you and you and I'll get married. <laughs> That's wrong play. Oh, well, then, yeah, Creepy Uncle goes forward. <laughs> <laughs> We've read too many plays. What play was that one? <laughs> two noble kinsmen is the two friends who both fall in love with the same girl, and so the one's going to betray his friend. He's going to betray his friend. Her. They end up fighting in the woods over this girl who, at no point, does anybody say, "Hey, at, at, do you like either of these?" At guys? no point do either of them talk about their feelings for said girl. At basically, at neither no point do either of these men talk to this woman about any feelings. I'm pretty sure I scrubbed my brain of this play because it wasn't very good. Well, clearly what that sounds like is that at episode 100, we got to start the plays over Well, remember, again. Chernobyl Kinsman. <gasps> Can we? Um, all I'm the Henrys. I'm very open to it. But let's all go backwards. Henrys. Let's redo all of them, but go backwards so we do the Henrys in reverse order. <laughs> well, which means we'd actually be doing Chernobyl Kinsman pretty close to the beginning that because wasn't that the last... Well, and it would alleviate this problem. Well, no, it like, wasn't the last one. Chernobyl Watsman. <laughs> um, but that's because uh, Two Noble Kinsmen is the one that is 
when we talk about up in the air about the authorship when we talk about the body count between these two it's a different kind of body count how many people did the creepy uncle watch yeah. fuck <laughs> How how many people did the presumption of men fuck? Did you just see how much Cassie's like, oh, I didn't miss her at all. <laughs> um, I just, it makes me feel so uncomfortable <laughs> that creepy uncle could advance another round. <laughs> he cannot possibly go to the finals. How are we going to stop I, him? He goes where he wants. He makes people... Let him. No, if he's a, because tomorrow against either Tamara or anti-Semitism, yeah, and both okay, of them are okay. worse than the creepy uncle. <laughs> he can't beat anti-Semitism. So are we? Are we given oh. creepy uncle? I think we're giving creepy uncle the walk here. He's, he's got it. He got hit by a pitch. He's in a oh. weak bracket. It happens. It's a, it's a against, hit. Yeah, he was up against face blindness. It's a it's a hit by pitch. <laughs> like he didn't earn the walk. It was an air, a wild throw. And he gets to move on. He gets to take the base. All right. Okay. So the last of the Sweet 16 matchups, we've got Tamara from Titus Andronicus and anti-Semitism specifically in The Merchant of Venice. Anti-Semitism in The Merchant of Venice, I think, beats out anything that Tamara did. I 100% agree. Like, she sucks. She does. But Aaron is worse than she is. And anti-Semitism is worse than she is. Even if we're only specifically looking at the Merchant of Venice and anti-Semitism. I'm I'm 100%. Yeah, I I think think we all agree. We're all in agree. Yeah. um, Like, she sucks. The courtroom scene... Is it is horrifying to watch now when you watch the anti-Semitism, but the way they treat Shylock when they go to him to ask him for a favor, those fuckers. Like Shylock's not great. Yeah. But anti-Semitism. I don't the courtroom scene for me is not hugely the problem. It's that his punishment for losing is that he's forced to convert to Christianity. Yeah. Yep. Like that's they take where away it gets. his Religion and, you know, a part of his identity. Yeah. All right. So now we are down to the, is there a clever name for the last eight? It's the elite eight. The elite eight. Is that, I don't, I don't basketball. So. Yeah, it's the elite eight. Let's get this to the final four. Let's get it to the final four. We've got overly complicated tests of love and loyalty up against Richard III. All right. Richard III calls his shot, hits it out of the park. It's it's for me. Yeah, I I I think it's a pile of dead bodies in his wake. Yeah, like that one's not even. Ricky three takes it. I I was trying to think of a single like even bad argument I could make for tests of love and loyalty. Um. Sheer body, body count. counts alone. Yeah, <laughs> but I, why isn't look, that a T-shirt? Nobody chase. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a T-shirt for us. Make that my mug count. for my morning coffee, please. Look, I somebody remind me. I am going to take not this. No, this week. I'm calling my shot now. This week, 
I'm going to do a new design for, so by the time this episode comes out, there should be a new design for every active Ghostlight show on the store. That's awesome. I think, I think it should be for, for sheer body count. This should just look like a bracket and then just bold over top of it. It's a sheer. I, I forget if I told you, I actually do have a Shakespeare design ready to go. Oh, do you? Uh, it is, uh, it is Ah Dicks in Ray Dunfont. Oh, yes, yes. I think you sent that out. <laughs> yes, I sent that a while ago because I did a very for the Patreon uh, mug. I did a different version of Odd Dicks, but in a very fun, uh, cute scripty font. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that is that is literally me using like brush strokes to make it. Odd Dicks. Yeah, Aw, yeah. Dicks. You sent I gotta that out. tell you something though. What's that, darling? Uh, while we were having this conversation, yes, Iago sent somebody to kill Cardinal Wolsey in the cathedral. Uh-huh. Um, he is dead with the lead pipe. Yes, with the lead pipe, Iago has already won the next bracket. That that makes sense. Yes, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I'm not even mad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just how that went. So yeah, if you if you want some exclusive Ghostlight Media mugs, uh, we do have a Patreon level for that. So I love I out. love. We're doing a lot of plugging of the Patreon. This I don't normally like to do that, and I do apologize if that's like gross to you in some way. Because capitalism, uh, but we also don't do it often, yeah. like, except for like the very beginning of the show briefly. But like, there's some I put some, we put some work into that. Yeah, there's some, yeah. There's some quality stuff. Uh, on the Patreon. I rock out a sweatshirt, a couple of tank tops. I've got several But yeah, I, I yeah, love merch both store of too. those Ah Dicks designs. Like, they are both <laughs> so good. The only problem with it is that I can't take it into work with me. Well, like, I can't take my the, favorite merch. I, don't think I, I the, want you to explain to the nuns sheer body count alone. I will. Okay. My, I can't take my favorite mug to work either because it says "Goeth and fucketh thyself." <laughs> I love that. That might be your favorite mug for real. I love that mug. I, I mean, I have a couple of them that are up there. Like I have, uh, you know, heck is empty and all the spicy boys are here. I love that. That's one. a good one. That's uh, a good I one. have, I have my "Don't be a jag off." Um, mug. Hannah got me a little Sebastian mug. Little so little, which is which ranks pretty high. Like, and she won. She made me a mug from uh, Thor Ragnarok with uh, Korg's rocky fist. You know, flipping the bird, and it says "piss off, ghost." <laughs> All right, Cassie got so me. So, like, that's a, like my titled Goose five, Game mug. Six it's mugs right there. there, but oh. what was that, yeah, Chase? Uh, Ca- I missed it. Cassie got me this untitled Goose Game oh, nice. mug that says "peace was never an option" <laughs> with the goose with a knife in his mouth. <laughs> Don't worry, it's a butter knife. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, I have some, I have some real solid mugs, and so like, but yeah, go with and fuck it thyself. That's a, I, I love drinking coffee out of that. I mug. really disappointed my mom buying that for you. That makes it even better. I hope you know. It does. <laughs> it actually so, makes it. Anyway, she was so disappointed. It makes it better for me, also. Sorry, Joyce. Uh, um, Prospero versus Prospero the feud versus the feud and Romeo. This Juliet. one is tough. So. Prospero didn't kill anybody. Manipulated people, but he didn't kill anybody. Oh, say so, because of your your garbage arguments last time, Prospero can't win. <laughs> the feud actually already won the entire bracket. <laughs> so might as well just move the feud on. I mean, he's so okay. He's so fucking mad. <laughs> do you do you want me to make you a cape? 
No, I mean you can be super mad. The feud, the feud can't even like the feud's <laughs> gonna beat Iago or Richard the Third too. It might it's not. Calm bracket. yourself down, no. you bald twat waffle. No, calm down. <laughs> no. Jesus. Uh, you know, Ryan. They say one of the uh, symptoms of adult ADHD is having ridiculous arguments for no reason that you can't back down from. That's what this podcast is. <laughs> yeah, th- this entire podcast is a symptom of all of our ADHD. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not denying it. I just wanted to poke at Ryan's. <laughs> we we chose this. I got to grab another beer real quick. Sorry, hold on one second. While he's gone, move the feud forward. I already said move yeah. it because of the shit bullshit. Uh, all right, Chode. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, no, and you see, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And Ryan, we're, we're not going to have this actual discussion because Ryan is getting a beer and I'm not going to cut this out. Um, uh, cause it's, it is too damn hot for me to like be taking notes right now. Um, oh, is it warm? And that's down normally, there? I, oh, we don't have, so only the first floor of our house has AC and my office is on the second floor. Well, looks like next time you I'm- should. Normally we have fans, but yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus! Well, and like here's the thing: this is only a problem like three months out of the year. By the end of this month, this will cease to be an issue. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Um, I know, but it feels like it's been hot for seven hundred years. God, yes, doesn't it, it does. just? Like I, I know I planted vegetables in the vegetable garden, but mm-hmm. I don't want to go outside and look at them. I looked at them through my window, and I'm like, I don't need any fucking tomatoes for real. I just deers can eat them. I don't care. All right, I'm back. And okay, so where were we then? Creepy uncle versus anti-Semitism. All right, this one clearly yeah. is creepy uncle. <laughs> I mean, anti-Semitism. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, oh. no, and. and- Honestly, I would like to stay with this pair up before we go back up and put Ricky against Iago, because that one's going to be knocked down, drag out. Yeah. So. So, yeah, move move anti-Semitism forward. Goodbye, creepy uncle. We hardly knew ye. Mm-hmm. We wish we knew Thank ye God. less. We we knew thee too much. Yeah. But... Yeah, we knew, ye, we knew ye way more than we wanted to. Yeah. I don't know why... Cressida's mom was like, yeah, go ahead. Go stay with your creepy uncle. I think it's a good idea. Nobody knows why. Listen to your kids when they're uncomfortable around their uncles. Yes. All right. That's a a very important PSA in reality. It is. Yeah. It is. So, the feud versus anti-Semitism. So, specifically the Montague Capulet feud in Romeo and Juliet versus anti-Semitism in Merchant of Venice. So... Anti-Semitism in The Merchant of Venice. Did anybody else watch Al Pacino's uh, Merchant of Venice? A long time ago. Okay, and he also did like a documentary around making it, where he's talking about the Jewish slums in Venice, and uh, that you couldn't leave the slums after a certain point in time. Like, the... Just the sheer force of the anti-Semitism in Venice at that time is it controlled ridiculous. Everything, every aspect of their right. lives. 
And that it's given such a flippant nature that, that like, Shakespeare's talking about it flippantly. Yeah. Because it, it should be very clear. We are identifying anti-Semitism as a villain. The play does not identify anti-Semitism as a villain. No. Shylock is the villain. Yes. That is who the play thinks it is. That is not who we see it as. Well, uh, and, and you know, and we've—I mean, we've done that with other Shakespeare plays. We identified uh, Prospero as villain mm-hmm. of the Tempest. He is not considered the villain of the Tempest, you know, as far as the play is concerned. But to us, he was. Yeah. Yeah. So, going back, Ryan, to my garbage argument. <laughs> In this case, the feud is impacting these two families. To a smaller extent, the people around them, but primarily it is these two families. Whereas anti-Semitism is affecting an entire community of people. Yeah. So it's like looking at anti-Semitism in New York City in the 1800s versus mob warfare in New York City in the 1800s. They both are far-reaching, but realistically... One is affecting way more people than the other, which well, is a sheer sheer body count alone. Well, actually, it, that might not be the best way to go because mob violence, gang warfare in New York City during the 1800s was. I should have pulled it forward to like the 1920s. 1920s. Yeah, was was pretty was pretty rough. You know, they yeah. had to call in the National Guard to fight the gangs. But, but I but mean, yes. But yes. It's an entire people's. And it's the fact that it is still, at the time that Shakespeare is writing, totally cool. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they're totally okay. With, no, I, I honestly, with, I think that anti-Semitism in The Merchant of Venice is definitely more villainous than The Feud. Yes. All right. Agreed. So it is advancing to the final two. And now we have Ricky the Third versus Iago. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. And I will I will tell you I am torn. I am too. Because Iago has always been until I actually read uh Titus, Iago was my favorite villain for a really long time because he's smart. Not as smart as Lady Macbeth, but he's smart. Um, but Ricky three, like, of, well, see, of all the motherfuckers, he's the motherfuckiest. These both get, both these fellas are the motherfuckiest. It's very difficult to choose. They're both. He's murdering within his family. Maybe. They're both great villains. They both They're both do, great villains. They if, both if lean into their villainy. If what is advancing is my favorite villain of the two, it's Iago. I like Iago more as a character. However, if you look at like the villainy that they perpetrate. And Richard III like is Richard villainous III. in multiple plays. In multiple plays. His he has, one he play could not a, contain him. He has a lar- yeah, he, he contains multitudes. He has a larger body of work. <laughs> He's bigger on the inside? 
by sheer body of work alone. <laughs> but also, as we said before, he brought down two dynasties. Iago didn't bring down really anything. Like, yeah. I mean, he brought everything he brought, down around his own ears. Yeah. he Desdemona he, he did die. Up, like, well, she's a lot of people dead. Died. Yeah, yeah, she fucked well, up his eventually like one died. military unit. Real bad. Yeah, Des- Real bad. Desdemona eventually died. She's still dying. Iago, oh, she's Iago really she's messed up. Oh, no, wait, there. she's got Some a monologue. Iago really messed up the world for this one like military unit. Yeah. yeah. Ricky three messed up England. like an entire country <laughs> a couple times. Yeah. No. Um. Look, I love both of them. The scene where he walks, like, he's never been cool in my mind until we did that play. And the scene where he walks in and just chucks a head on the table, it's badass. Because everybody's bragging about their body counts. Like, I killed this many people. I killed this many people. And he comes in and he's like, ask this dude who I killed. I mean. It was him. That's a flex right there. Yeah, it's a serious flex. Iago um, could never. And then he goes on to I also kill feel like nephews, if we so. if we're if we're putting this as who would win in a fight and it's Ricky 3 versus Iago. Oh, for sure, in a fight, Richard Ricky the 3rd. is taking it. Yeah, in a fight, Richard so, the 3rd fucking kicks so Iago's in, ass up one side and down by the other. Every in sheer metric except favoritism. Who I like better. Yeah, so I, it has to be Richard. It has to be Richard the 3rd. Yeah, I I love both of them. I think they're both awesome, but at the end of the day, Iago's smarter, but he's he's a Moriarty. He's a get somebody to do my dirty work for me guy. Richard III will come in and cut your head off. He's more than a hunchback. More than a hunchback. <laughs> more than, more than, than a, a hunchback, hunchback to, to me. me. <laughs> It looks like you had something to say. I have, Did you? you have I have no nothing. No I am beyond words. I fucking love you, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And here it is. So it's all come down to this. We started with however fucking many things we started with. 64. 64. 64. 64 villains wrung out of 32 plays. 38 plays. 38 plays. plays. In a row. <laughs> Yeah, try I not know. to read any plays on your way through the parking no lot. Through parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Clerks three is being filmed as we speak. Wait, now I'm I'm embarrassed at how excited I am about that. So I got that news from TikTok earlier today, and I was really excited about it. All right, Richard the Third in Richard the Third and Henry the Sixth's Part Two and Three versus. Anti-Semitism. Look, I'm having Richard a hard III, time. The Merchant of Venice. I'm having Richard, a hard time with this because I really want it to be Richard III. Richard III already <laughs> defeated Necromancy. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, just wanted, I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> hey, what do you call it? What's another word for well, group he, necromancy? Listen, Richard III lost to Necromancy once. Yeah, but before, that was not his final form. <laughs> He's not fucking Goku. Are we sure? He better not be. 
Look, I. It's so, been said. It's been said. Richard the Third fucked up England, the entire country of England. The anti-Semitism of Merchant of Venice is limited to the city of Venice. It was a. That's. I fair. mean, it was a. Prin- yeah. It was a principality at the time. A principality, but. even, but um, not on the scale of the country of England. I feel like, and we remember, we do have to limit this to that play because, of course, if it's anti-Semitism against anything in a broad okay, look, global like if scope, we're not then doing that's the a answer. Bracket, like we could have saved ourselves a lot of trouble by not putting anti-Semitism here because we don't have to let something beat anti-Semitism because anti-Semitism is a terrible fucking villain, All right, and it yes. continues to this fucking day. It's existed. Well, and there's a the reason last we picked two thousand some years. There's a reason we picked all of these. Creepy uncles. As a general, that that's fucking awful. It's across the patriarchy. The, board. the patriarchy. The presumption of men. The that, only thing that are kind of okay, like the lack of Robin Hood. Yeah, that's That awful. was kind of a joke, but yeah. It was the worst true. part about Tarzan, too. <laughs> you know, overly complicated tests of love and loyalty. They suck. So They are a real thing. They suck. Um, but anti-Semitism appears there's only one merchant of venice richard the third he's villainous in several plays he is a reoccurring villain a rare thing for shakespeare An incredibly rare we thing will address the only in, other one uh, would be woosley shakespeare theatrical universe woosley is also a reoccurring villain mm. but he does not throw a head on a table <laughs> he's not nearly that cool I mean, Hotspur's in a couple plays, but he's not considered a villain. I know, which is too bad, because Hotspur versus Richard III would have Hotspur, been a good fight. Well, Hotspur was in our brackets. He's right up there. But he beat Hotspur. Hotspur. The folly of youth. Yeah, youthful mm. folly and temptation. I, mean, I didn't win that thing. one. That, I remember. Well, I and also, Hotspur, Hotspur is youthful folly and temptation in some ways, also. I'm pretty sure Hotspur is the main character in a lot of the Kindle Unlimited. Like spicy romance, romance novels. novels. <laughs> Look, I'm not surprised. Lots not that I'm ladies, reading them. Lots of ladies are hot for Hotspur. <laughs> Why do you think I follow about- the Tottenham Hotspurs? <laughs> All right, how about this? How about this? What we what we have here are two. We've got our corporeal villains and our non corporeal villains. We've got our conceptual villains and our actual like people villains. And I think we can say Richard III takes it for the people villains and anti-Semitism takes it for the conceptual villains. Uh, I agree mm-hmm. with that, but I still think we do have to, you know, ultimately. But I want everybody to win, Ryan. <laughs> we got to finish the bracket. <laughs> bracket. We, we my vote. finish the bracket. My vote is Richard III. Mine is also. Mine is too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, so we all it, feel really bad. said that any of us are for anti-Semitism because We're we are not. not. We hate it. We hate it. It sucks. It's fucking awful. We fought, you know, our grandparents fought a world war about it. And we continue to want to punch Nazis to this day. Um, Absolutely. I mean, my grandpa was in California for it. He wasn't really fighting. No, my grandpa was over over there. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure both of our grandparents were in the Pacific Theater. One of my grandpas was in the Pacific Theater, but yeah. it was after. No, he my, was just my, clean up. He's just walking around, cleaning up a toll's. Yeah, my, gran- my grandpa was in Europe, uh, building bridges and blowing them up. 
fighting right. the Nazis. <laughs> the Nazis. I punch a Nazi. So there we are, Richard right. the Third. Richard the Third. Ultimately, it. it goes to Ricky Three. Um, and you know what? I cannot complain about Richard the Third coming out on top. No, I think if you ask the Shakespeare novice, name me who a do villain. You think Shakespeare's villain is like biggest villain. You just ask him to name. It's going to be Ricky Three. It's going to be Iago. Those are the well known. There, ones. Yeah, there's going to be a couple that pop up, but really, those two names are going to come out for most anybody that is familiar with Shakespeare, but still not deep in it. Somebody who mm-hmm. hasn't listened to all the episodes of Shakespeare. And really, if you've listened to all of them, you are now a professional Shakespeare theologian. Yes, you're... Absolutely. And if you if you do partake in alcohol, then you can be a professional drunken Shakespeare theologian. But we don't expect you to drink. You can be a professional sober Shakespeare theologian as well. Technically, I'm drinking. I'm just drinking Diet Pepsi. Mm. True. Diet Pepsi doesn't make you drunk. <laughs> Let's... Unless there's ash in it. Unless there's ash in it. <clears throat> All right. But yeah. Um, we did it. We did, we did it. it. We did the thing. We now are we going to do heroes next? Heroes or fools? Ooh, we don't have 64 fools. No, but we could do a shorter We can do the ones bracket. we have. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to do a a five-part quintology I tell you what, fools. Beth... You give me a list of fools, and I'll put them into a bracket against each other. Woo! Let's see if I can remember till the next morning to do this, because... Yeah, but yeah, heroes heroes and fools, we can definitely do brackets of, um, for sure. We could also just do, let's put all, all the plays and just do the bracket. Mm, are we are we also going to list what nouns in any language? No, no, the <laughs> plays and let them duke it out. Do a bracket of the plays. On what, on what criteria? How are we judging? Um, how did we judge the villains? What criteria did we fucking have? Our Cassie fucking seemed opinions. to keep us in some sort of line. Our fucking opinions, man. Oh, who can yell? I don't think we could crown a winner if we just did the plays. I think we could. It's t- it's Timon of Athens wins. Like what's it's even clearly. It's true. You know what? You know that's fair. All right. Yep. We're already done. Fuck. The- hey, you guys got two bracket ends today. Yeah, double bracket. I mean, I, realistically, it's the same as our 2020 uh, campaign. Yeah, it comes down. So, yeah. spoiler alert: the it's championship Timon. is between Timon of Athens and Pericles, Prince of Tyre. <laughs> Timon. And it really depends on where the arena is, because if it's on a boat, <laughs> Timon a boat. wins. Yeah, Timon, Timon definitely wins. wins on a boat. Don't get on a boat with Pericles. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. So I just finished reading right. a book called Lore, which is very mm-hmm. f- fun. I don't know if I'm going to call it good. It was fun. But it is uh, the main characters from the House of Pericles. And I crack my I... shit up frequently. <laughs> I uh, don't get in a boat. 
Don't get on the boat with Pericles, Prince of Tyre. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us here on this episode of Shakespeare. Again, sorry for missing last week. Technical difficulties uh, made that audio uh, not only unlistenable, but also unlineupable. Yeah. Chase couldn't edit the he couldn't even he couldn't even edit it because that's how borked it got. How many years have we been doing this? This will be. Yeah, I'll, we're we're coming up on four because Almost. we started right after AP, and AP is just about to hit four years. Actually, no, it has already hit four. We're going to hit okay. four this fall. Like in a couple of months, we'll hit four. So we've been doing yep. this for four years, and we've missed one episode. One. Yep. Yep. That's one. okay. That's okay. Yeah. We're real sorry we did though. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We hate it. We'll give you a bonus somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, if you're lucky. Oh, well, sounds maybe, sounds kind of like if you get on that Patreon. Yeah, sounds like hey, the look. If you hop on that Patreon, there's a lot of bonus content already up there it's full of boner content oh well look at that moose out front should have told you this podcast's over podcast is over (laughs) only fans is where the boner content goes alright well this has been Shakespeare I'm Ryan Halfhill I'm Beth Roars I'm Cassie Greenlee I'm Chase Greenlee go downstairs to the air conditioning guys that's the plan Oh, is after we figure out what we're doing next no no AC in there nope ooh That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. All right. All right. Bye. Ah, dicks. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.